Welcome to r slash petty revenge, where no revenge is too small. I noticed my Spotify had a PS4 with a German name connected to it, which is odd because I don't have a PS4. Spotify was unable to disconnect me from it using my account, so I decided to take it into my own hands and blast Attila at full volume on their PS4 at midnight Germany time. I think they may have been in game since they let it go for a few seconds then attempted going to the next and previous songs and pausing it a few times, to no avail. Eventually they uninstalled Spotify and I changed my password, but man that felt good. Our next reddit post is from Donut Secret. About a year and a half ago, I went to a bar with some mutual friends. One woman brought her sister, who we'll call Meanie. Meanie seemed to instantly pick me out as her punching bag for the night interrupting me, talking over me, rolling her eyes at things I said, trying to discredit any point I made no matter how petty. Classic one-up or two. I couldn't say anything without her scoffing and coming up with a better story. She relentlessly made fun of me for saying I don't like horror films and kept trying to get my friends to join in. Then, even had some ugly words to call me when I went to the bathroom and asked my friends why they'd hang out with me. I didn't bite back because I'd heard Meanie was going through a tough time and probably just wanted someone to take it out on. My friends apologized that night and said she wouldn't come around again. It was kind of whatever, but also kind of got under my skin. She called me a bitch and slut for nothing. Very, very attention-starved. So, a few weeks ago, a year plus after that night, I run into Meanie and her sister at a party. The sister, forgetting about the original night, goes to introduce us when Meanie says we've met before. I very politely said, No, I've never seen you before. Nice to meet you. And she seemed instantly put off. She insisted we'd met. Hmm, no? I said, I don't remember you. She got visibly irritated and said once again that we'd met. I went on, sorry, I don't recognize you. Can you describe the night you think we met? And watched her fumble trying to describe the night without admitting to being cruel. I cut her off and said, yeah, I still don't remember, but it's lovely to meet you now. Have a great night. She seemed super pissy about it. Thought it was pretty petty and effective to not give her a drop of the attention and memory she so clearly sought. Down in the comments, You Don't Know Me 2017 drops a little piece of wisdom that I think everyone could learn from. They don't have the right to live in your mind rent-free. Said by my fantastic ex-boss. Our next Reddit post is from Waldo. Quick and simple petty revenge. I leave the grocery store this morning for my family's essentials, and as I'm loading my car, the lady next to me takes off her gloves and threw them on the ground. Miss, don't litter. I'm giving this sailor salute and she gets in her car. So I just walk over, pick up her gloves, lift up her windshield wiper, and jam them through them and smack it down. I can see her shouting and going crazy in her car. Don't care. I get in mine and drive off. Don't effing litter, buttholes. Our next Reddit post is from Throwaway Evie Dement. A few years ago, I was shopping with my mom in a supermarket. All the other checkouts are full, so we proceed to go to the express checkout line. This one is for older people, pregnant women, or handicapped people, but in my country of France, everybody uses them all the time. There are people in front of us, it's way too long, but whatever, we keep waiting for our turn in silence. But then comes the pregnant lady, right behind me. She's with a friend, and sighs loudly when she sees the line of people before her. One minute later, she counts them loudly. Two minutes later, she complains about the fact that this is the express checkout line, so there shouldn't be so many people here. 
Three minutes later, she complains again to her friend and tells her that since she's pregnant, she should pass in front of all of us. I look at her. She gives me an evil glare, so I face her with my big, fat, eight-month baby bump and give her an annoyed smile. She looks away, full of shame, I guess, and her friend gives me an embarrassed smile. I didn't hear her after that. She stopped complaining, and I was finally able to wait for my turn in silence. Our next Reddit post is from Arcadian Wizard. Years ago, when I got married, my dad gave me my grandmother's wedding ring to give to my wife. At the reception, the ladies were admiring my wife's ring when my aunt, who's known to be a jerk, my dad's sister, saw my wife's wedding ring and became visibly upset. She grabbed her things quietly and left the reception. Of course, we all noticed. When I asked my dad about it later on, he told me the following story. Your aunt was a spoiled brat. She treated my parents terribly. She ostracized herself from the family because she wanted nothing to do with us. She felt that my parents owed her everything and anything that they could give her in regards to money and support. My parents were great people. Her problem was that years ago, my mother refused to buy her a new car even though my sister could afford it. My parents offered to buy her a used refurbished car, but my sister's argument was that there's nothing like the real thing. There was a big family argument where she cursed them out and she abandoned the family for around 10 years. Years later, as my mother started to become ill, my sister wouldn't visit her once. Towards the end where we knew she had little chance of living or going on, my sister suddenly showed up. One night, while going to the bathroom, I heard a noise in my mom's bedroom and there was my sister trying on my mom's rings. One of them was my mom's wedding band that she'd always wanted. When I asked my mom later about it, she said that my sister had always wanted the ring, but my mother didn't want her to have it because she knew that deep down she was still a spoiled, nasty person, and she felt that a ring that was given to her out of love should go to someone else out of love, and the only person she could think of was her grandson. She wanted that ring to go to her grandson's new wife when he got married down the road. My dad then proceeded to tell me that he borrowed the wedding ring and took it to a jeweler friend of his. They were buddies since high school. He asked his friend if he could make an exact duplicate of the ring, but with cubic zirconia and fake stones that go with it. When my grandmother passed away, my dad went to her room and exchanged the ring for the real one. He said, I knew that jerk would come sniffing. Sure enough, the same day that my grandmother died, my aunt made some excuse to come over to her house saying that she left something there. My dad swung by later, and when he looked in the jewelry box, the ring was missing. Fine. On the day of the wedding, after my aunt saw my wife's new ring as she was walking back to her table, my dad whispered to her, I hope you enjoyed your fake ring. There's nothing like the real thing, huh? Man, your dad has a lot of patience. How long did it take him to get his final payoff? Probably a few decades? Our next Reddit post is from Bareface. I have a busybody neighbor that lives across the street from me. We live in a small rural English village. The houses are old and quite tightly packed together with a narrow road running through the center of the village that's just big enough for two cars to pass. My house has no parking or driveway, so I have to park my car on the road, as do a lot of other residents. Mrs. Busybody has a big house with enough space on her driveway for three cars and a fancy electric gate with a remote control. The driveway is quite narrow as it runs down the side of her house. In the village, we all try to park on the same side of the road so that people going through don't have to weave in and out of the parked cars and it's safer for children. This means I park opposite my house outside Mrs. Busybody's. One morning while getting into my car and going to work, she came out of her house and told me that I wasn't to park there anymore. I asked her why and her response was, 
Oh, you know how it is. You just want to be able to park your own car outside your own house. I said yes, I did understand that feeling and raised an eyebrow at the irony of me doing exactly that, albeit on the opposite side of the road. I was just trying to be courteous by parking on the same side of the road as everyone else, but she didn't see it that way. I have one tiny car and she has two large 4x4s and a driveway. I spoke to another neighbor and she'd been bad-mouthing, Whoever had that little white car parked outside my house? As she wanted the space outside just in case someone popped around to visit and needed somewhere to park. So I parked my car right outside my front door, directly opposite her driveway. Now there was no way that her or her husband could get in and out of their driveway in one maneuver due to the narrowness of the road, the narrow drive, their big Range Rovers, and my car opposite. I watched her for months having to shuffle her car in and out of her driveway. She couldn't say anything and ask me to move because you know how it is. You just want to be able to park your own car outside your own house. Our next Reddit post is from Probably a Pun. This happened almost 30 years ago and my uncle has passed since, but it's one of my favorite stories. My aunt and uncle never had kids and were pretty well off financially. They had two vehicles, an old 60s Chevy pickup and a mid-80s Cadillac, only a few years old at the time. The Cadillac was their town car and they drove the old truck to and from their cabin if they needed to haul something. My uncle, on his way back home from the cabin, decided he was going to buy a new Cadillac because he bought a new one every five years or so. It's important to note, my uncle wore overalls and a plain t-shirt every day. So he pulls into the Cadillac dealership with his old beater truck dressed like a farmer. He walks around for 45 minutes looking at the cars and not one employee comes to offer any assistance. He gets angry and leaves without saying a word to any of the employees. He went home, showered, threw on a suit, hopped into his Cadillac, and drove straight back to the dealership. As soon as he pulled in and got out, every single salesman walked up to him immediately. He then said, F all of you. I was here for 45 minutes in my old truck and wearing overalls. Not one of you even spoke to me. I'm going to the next closest Cadillac dealership almost 100 miles away. Over the course of the rest of his life, he bought six brand new Cadillacs from that other dealership for roughly $300,000 altogether. That dealership lost $300,000 in sales because they thought he looked too poor. I bet they never made that mistake again. Then, down in the comments, Vertigo311 has this story. Grandma did this when I was a kid. She had a job, made her own money, and Grandpa didn't have a say in how she spent it. She went to the Cadillac dealership looking for a new car, and the salesman kept deferring to Grandpa when discussing the sale, despite him repeatedly saying it wasn't his car and it was her decision. They end up leaving without a car. Weeks later, the salesman sees Grandpa and asks if they were still interested in that new Cadillac. He turned to the salesman and said, Nope, you pissed the old lady off and she went across the street and bought a Lincoln. Man, this mentality is so bizarre to me. Some farmers can drop hundreds of thousands of dollars on farm equipment every year, so why would you assume someone's poor just because they dress like a farmer? Our next Reddit post is from Ann Noise. After work today at 4pm I had to get gas. Understandably, right before rush hour there was a small line for the four pumps. When it's my turn, a total douchebag drives in the one-way exit and parks his car, still running, in front of the exit and diagonally in front of me with the door open, blocking the exit for everyone on both sides of the pumps. He proceeds to walk towards the gas station building, either oblivious or douchey or both. I look to my right and see five or six parking spaces 25 feet to the right of the douchebag are wide open. I tersely say, K, 
can you use one of the parking spaces? Not particularly polite, but not super rude. His response, without looking at me, shut up. While he's inside and I'm seething, I can see that we can all get by if he had just closed his door. Inconvenient, but not the end of the world. So I walk over to his car, expecting to discreetly close the door. Oh, hey, his windows are up. Oh, hey, the keys are in the ignition. Oh, hey, the doors are all locked. With a big smile, I closed his door firmly, finished pumping my gas, and watched with glee as he tried to open his now locked and running car while I pulled away. Play douchey games, win douchey prizes. Our next Reddit post is from The Hype Is Real. This just happened about a half hour ago. I was heading out on my lunch break to grab a drink and a bag of chips at a nearby gas station. My office is located on a very tight road in the city, so getting to the main road can sometimes be a hassle. Well, today, like many, I got stuck behind a school bus. The bus comes to a stop to let out students, one of which was a young, handicapped girl in a wheelchair. The bus monitor gets out to open the handicapped door in the back, assisted by one of the child's parents. As they're lowering the girl down on the lift, the car directly behind me beeps their horn for about two seconds, getting the attention of the bus monitor, parents, child, and myself. And I turn around to throw my hands up at the driver as if to say, Dude, WTF, relax. Now the little girl is off the lift and her mom is taking grip of the handles of her wheelchair when the car behind me lays on their horn again, this time for upwards of 10 seconds. Cue the pettiness. I now see their car trying to maneuver around my car and the bus in front of me. Again, this street is very tight, so it doesn't take much for me to also maneuver my car slightly to block their path. The bus monitor gets back in their bus and they drive away, but I decided not to. I put my car in park and sat there for about two minutes while the driver behind me yells and lays on their horn again. Once I decide to finally drive away and take the turn onto the main road, I watch the butthole behind me pull into a KFC. Effing KFC. That poor little girl had to be embarrassed because this guy wanted a two-piece and some mashed potatoes. Douchebag. This actually reminds me of a story that my dad would tell me about my grandpa. Now, unfortunately, I never met my grandpa because he died before I was born, but man, he was a crazy guy. In addition to serving in the military, this dude was a professional boxer for a period of his life, so he was big and knew how to handle himself. Well, whenever he was driving and someone would honk the horn behind him, he would just put his car in park, unbuckle, slowly get out of the car, walk back to the car behind him, knock on the car window to get them to roll down their window, and then try to play innocent. What's wrong, sir? Is something the matter? Is my taillight out? Is that why you were beeping at me? So, of course, (laughs) when a six-foot-something pro boxer is leaning into their window, these people are usually like, Oh, no, sorry, it was a mistake. My bad. I didn't mean to honk. Our next Reddit post is from TV Snack. So, my boyfriend and I went to the beach a couple of weeks ago, and considering it was midweek, it was pretty empty. So, we walk for a bit, find a nice quiet spot, and set up our towels. Honestly, there was like no one on the beach. Ten minutes into tanning, these three girls walk up and set their stuff right next to us. The entire beach is still empty. They set up their things and begin chatting extremely loudly about the most unbearably obnoxious things. I don't understand why he wouldn't like me. I mean, I'm ticking all the boxes. 
Not to mention they're eating and leaving their rubbish on the beach. So after about an hour of listening to their BS conversation and cackling laughter, I'm kinda getting pissed. I mean, we walked this far down the beach to get away from the occasional couple of people around. I keep my cool and notice they all go for a swim, leaving their food out as they do. About five minutes into their swim, I notice a couple of crows come along and start picking open their Pringle container. Now, for those of you who don't know, crows are very smart birds. Together, they help each other eat the entire contents of the container and begin to rummage around for other food. At this point, the girls notice and are trying to call out to us to scare off the birds. My petty revenge part? I pretend I can't hear them and roll onto my stomach to continue tanning. By the time the girls got out, all of their food was gone. They were pretty grumpy, so they packed up and left. And I finally got to enjoy the peace and quiet I had originally hoped for. They left their Pringles unguarded on the sandy shore. If they were hungry, could they eat any more? Quoth the raven, nevermore. That was r slash petty revenge and if you like this video then please let me know by hitting that like button because it really helps my channel.